0: That is truth. The question is, are we fighting the war? Are we entering in? Are we taking the opportunity to use the weapons of our warfare? Some people don't believe, well, I'm not really in a war. We don't believe in the spiritual realm. Um, That's the deception of the enemy. There is absolutely a spiritual realm that's more real than this realm, a spiritual realm that will last forever while this whole world will come to an end. And are we fighting the fight the way God's called us to fight the fight or are we becoming complicit? I'm gonna, I wanna, before I get into my sermon, I wanna share something with you and um, it's just crazy. This will get more, this will get more desire for feedback from you than most of uh, most of the messages that i do and that's because I, i'm going to talk to you just for a moment just quickly about what god's laid on my heart to share with you about halloween
1: Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen.
0: Oh, we live in a ha- halloween culture here Never seen anything like it before. And then, listen, I'm not telling anybody what to do. I'm not calling anybody that, you know, might do this or do that. I'm not saying that you're evil. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that my responsibility is to share with you the Word of God about certain things, even when it's uncomfortable. And, and, I, and this is really uncomfortable because I know how cherished... Halloween is to so many here in the, in this culture. I've never seen anything like it till I moved here to Utah. So I, I just want to read some scriptures here to you. You do with these scriptures what you want. If you don't think they're relevant to what it is that we're talking about when it looks to this, I know they. well, you know, how can you come against? I, there are people who will, I know, how do you come against Halloween? You guys, you know, you celebrate Christmas and Easter. You know what, I, just, I I understand and people can have their thoughts on all of that. I've told you every Christmas, we talk about this at Easter, you have your rights to all of those things and I absolutely respect your right as to how you celebrate or don't celebrate that. But please, I'm not just making a foolish decision to do what I want. I've looked at it and studied it and I believe what it is. And until you're the one standing here in charge. Now, the truth is this. At Christmas, I celebrate Jesus' birth. Amen. Amen. We don't do Santa Claus. We don't do Santa Claus in Children's Church. We don't, do, we don't do that stuff. We celebrate the birth of Jesus. At Easter, we don't do the Easter Bunny. We don't do that. We, do, we celebrate the resurrected Christ. Amen. I'm sorry, but I do not see the same redeeming value or anything when it comes to Halloween. Yep. Some of you like it. Does that make it right? Let me just read a couple of scriptures here. John chapter 3, verses 19 and 20 says this, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. Now again, you, you can do with that scripture how, what you want. Well, this isn't evil. I'm not telling you. I'm just reading you the Scripture. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Yep. That's, that's just truth. It is truth. Isaiah 5.20, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. It's truth. 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 and 22, but test everything. Hold to what is good, abstain from what every form of evil. Every form of evil. Romans 13, 12, the night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Amen. James 4, 7, submit yourselves... Therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Look, what happens when you don't resist the devil? 1 Corinthians 10.21, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Ephesians 5.11, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Ephesians 4.27, And give no opportunity to the devil. Listen, how you celebrate Halloween is not going to affect me. I mean, it will, and I'll tell you how. But I don't have to walk in your shoes. And I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm not trying to say people are evil if they do this or evil if they do that. Not, Not at all. What you do with Halloween is between you and God. But God forbid that you make it between you and the culture. You you need to hear what the Lord has to say and what the Lord wants to say to you. But I want you, even no matter what you choose to do in regards to that, I want each and every one of you, I want you to be careful. I love you and I want you to be careful about what you are accepting. I want you to be careful about what you are normalizing. I want you to be careful about what you're teaching your children. Church, we are in a battle. And it is a battle of darkness versus light. It is the the enemy versus God. It is Satan versus Jesus. And listen, you can't play both sides. You can't. It doesn't work that way. And in this time, and this is the main part of my point, We are inundated with scary movies and horror flicks, haunted houses, costumes and decorations. All of it, all of it is intended to give you or you're decorating your house up because you want others to get a rush of fear. It's all about that adrenaline rush and that fear brings that to us. God did not give you a spirit of fear. nor did he give it to us to try to impose on others. And by doing that, church, just again, I'm not making a supposition here. I am just making a statement or a question. Could we in our participation of those things could we be partaking at the table of demons and are we in those things that we see and those things that we hear are we opening portals to the demonic realm in our life i know Calm down, pastor. Jeez, what got in what got into him today? He must have forgot his medication. What? Calm down. It's just it's just fun and games, right? And it, Let me just say this. And again, this is let me give you a different view from what you might see about this whole thing. It's all fun and games. Until someone's calling their pastor in the middle of the night because they're paralyzed with fear and they're in sheer terror. It's all fun and games until somebody's calling because there's a weight on their chest and they can't breathe and it won't go away and it won't stop and I'm afraid it's trying to kill me and it won't let go of my neck. It's all fun and games until you're being squeezed to death. It's all fun and games until you're right, waking up night after night. You don't even want to go to sleep because of the night dreams and the terrors that are waking you up, screaming in the night. You, it's all fun and games until your children are waking up screaming and shaking in the midst of the night. It's all fun and games. Let me say as pastor, no it's not. Amen. It's not fun and games. I had a, um, a, a lady that had come in years ago. She'd come in for some, some counseling and, and she was having troubles like this under constant attack, constant attack. And after talking, found out that, man, she was just like totally into horror movies and the, all that and, and, and you know, the, um, the haunted houses and, you know, all that. I mean, just totally into it all. And I'm like, you got to stop that. What, what, are you, you know, what are you doing? I read some of these scriptures. You're, you're entertaining these demons and wondering why they're attacking you. Oh, man, I never thought about it that way. You're right. I've got to quit this. Two, three weeks later, I see a post on Facebook where her and some of her unchurched friends are standing in front of a poster for the latest horror flick that's out that they're about to go to. Now, I love her. There's nothing I can do to help her. Yeah. Come on. Church, let me just give you this, this, please, from a pastor that loves you. Church, don't open doors that God says should be left shut. Yeah. Just because it tickles your flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you like it doesn't make it right. It yeah. doesn't make Amen. it right. Don't do that. Be careful what you entertain. Because there is a spiritual realm, and we've been talking about this. There is a spiritual realm behind the curtain that is absolutely active, absolutely alive, and absolutely working. And we need to understand that we are in a battle, that we are in a war, and we need to use the weapons of our warfare because it is going to get rough, and things are going to get sticky, and things are going to get really difficult, and there's going to be this opportunity for a great falling away. Oh, that won't be me. In John, it says there were many disciples that were following Jesus. And when a difficult word came, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus does altar calls differently. <laughs> hey, if you won't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't have any part in my kingdom. So who wants to respond? <laughs> the Bible says, That there were many of the disciples that were following Jesus, disciples of Jesus, that walked away. Why? Because the teaching got hard and it became difficult to follow Him. Those times are going to come. Those times are coming. Those times are here. We are in those times. And we have got to prepare ourselves by not putting our head in the sand and realizing we are in a battle. And in war, listen, sometimes we don't get to do the things that we want. We have to do the things that are required, necessary, because we want to be victorious. So I've been talking to you about laying this groundwork for where we are and and moving into this coming season. We're gonna continue in this. But I've been laying this groundwork about Babylon and wanting you to understand what it is that Babylon represents in Daniel chapter one and taking out of that some of these things. And we'll get deeper into some of the specifics in the coming weeks. We'll begin to talk about some of the things. We'll talk about Ahab. We'll talk about Jezebel. We'll talk about some of the spirits that were at work in that time. Time, the Asherah and some of those things and what it represents and how it, how it affects us today. You can remember same demons, just a different day. So we've been talking about what the spirit of Babylon wants to do. And I want you to know that because I don't want you to be ignorant to what the enemy is doing, what he's trying to do. Because he is at, at work in all of us trying to do even these basic things that we're talking about. It certainly goes much deeper But these basic things he's trying to do in all of us. And and as we go through that, uh, I want want to share with you again. I'm just going to recap real quick. If you have not seen these on the sermons, go back and watch them. I I really believe it will help you to begin to see behind the curtain so that we can begin to see the victory that God has for us here. Amen. Amen. So three things that the spirit of Babylon, I'm going to go really quick through these three things that the spirit of Babylon wants to do. The spirit of Babylon wants to own you. The spirit of Babylon wants to enslave you. In Daniel chapter one, in verse one, the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. He took them prisoners. He took them as slaves. They became his property. In verse 2, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, into his hands with some of the vessels of the house of God, and he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. So first thing the enemy did, he takes them as slaves, and one of the things that he does when he begins to take us as slaves, he takes the articles from the house of God, from the temple, the articles of worship, and he takes them, and he puts them into the temple of a false god. And he begins to create what's called syncretism where we begin to blend together the truth of the gospel with false religions. And we begin to blend these religions together. So these people were were worshiping in a false culture or a demonic culture, a false God. And in that, they were worshiping the articles of God. And that's what the enemy will do every time is he will try to get us to worship what would be an article or something above God rather than the God. And he wants us to worship those things in a false way. And when he does that, it's, it's, it's ownership. If you look, everyone else did that except for them. Number two, the spirit of Babylon wants to train you. And the king commanded Aspinaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance, and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge and understanding, learning, and competent and to stand in the king's palace, and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. So, What this was, was the University of Babylon, that they were given a free education. They were taken in and given a free education at the University of Babylon, and the purpose of the University of Babylon was to deprogram these young men from what they learned when they were growing up, from what they learned from the Scripture, from what they had learned in the synagogue, and they were deprogrammed to the old way in which they knew their God, and they were reprogrammed with how to live in the culture that they were In, how can we fit into this culture? Does that sound familiar? Three, the spirit of Babylon wants to tempt you. Verse five, the king assigned them a daily portion of the food that the king ate and the wine that that he drank. And they were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Again, stand before the king. That is the counterfeit of what will happen for each of us as believers. Every one of us, we are ordained to one day stand before the king, King Jesus. And here, they're being called to stand before the king. And among those were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the eunuchs gave them names called uh, Daniel he called Belshazzar, Hananiah he called Shadrach, Mishael he called Meshach, and Azariah he called Abednego. So what he does is he tempts them. He gives them the very best food and the very best wine. He gives them those things that would minister to their flesh, that they would begin to long for, that they would begin to be addicted to. And he uses this as a temptation. And I'll tell you what, the temptation is still alive and well. The enemy is still using these same things. He's using what we th- the very best food and the very best wines in this kingdom to tempt us into worshiping that taking us away from what God has said to do. And he educated them for three years. The enemy will always, Babylon will always tempt you away from your God-given identity. He will always try to give you a new name. He will always try to tell you who you are. He will always tell you the opposite of what God says about you. Church, the world can change your name but only God can change your identity. So... I wrapped up with those things being the things that Babylon would do. But let me just tell you that God is not done. That God is not finished and that God is not at the end of His rope. That our God has a plan in it all and that our God is at work in it all. And you need to know what God is doing because God is doing things in you. And if you don't recognize it, sometimes we'll look past it. Sometimes we won't see it. But God is working in you. And I want to give you some encouragement today. That though we these things that Babylon is trying to bring into our lives... Our God is doing things. The Spirit of God, He is at work. And He is at work in you, through you, for you. And He is doing what you will never do on your own. Amen. Amen? So the first thing, and again, we need to understand this. The Spirit of God sends you. The Spirit of God has sent you. You are where you are because God has sent you where you are. Amen. Listen to what it says in verse 8. But, and, and I'm going to talk about this word again for a moment. But this word is so important. But Daniel resolved. Daniel resolved. Resolve is a, it's a decision we make in a moment that is unchangeable for the rest of our time. That is a resolve. Daniel resolved in that moment, and Daniel resolved, he resolved, he would not bow down to the king of Babylon. He would not bow down to the false king. He would not bow down to the false gods. He would not eat at the king's table. He would not partake as God told him not to. He resolved that I will not bow down to any other but my God. He resolved that he would serve no other but his God. Church, do you have the same resolve when it comes to Jesus Christ? I have resolve until I'm tempted. I have resolve until I'm out of church. I have resolve until I'm angry. I have resolve until I'm hammered. Daniel resolved. He would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor. Church, that's the grace of God. The grace of God working through the enemy. And the enemy shows him favor and has compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king. Look, the spirit of, as I talked about earlier, the spirit of fear will always desire to dominate and to overcome us through fear. The spirit of, of Babylon will always try to rule and reign with fear in your life. Oh, he'll get you not to witness because you're afraid of what others will say. So the king who assigned your food and your drink, for why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age. So would you endanger my head with the king? Then Daniel said to the steward, using the wisdom that God had given him, whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, test your servants for 10 days. What a God idea. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this manner and tested them for 10 days. At the end of 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. These guys put weight on eating vegetables and drinking water. That is a miracle. So the steward took away their food and the wine they were drinking and gave them vegetables. So the Spirit of God, we talked about this last week. You need to know the Spirit of God has sent you. That where you are is where He has sent you. That you are there because He sent you there. Not because you thought you should go or you thought you should be or you thought that circumstances have you there. That you think that, oh, I did these wrong things so now I'm stuck here as a punishment from God. No. You are where you are because God has you there and He has sent you there. You are there on purpose and you are there with a destiny. You are there with a reason. You are there with purpose and And therefore, you are there with the spirit of God. And he has poured that out for you to understand that where you are, he has sent you to be. And I don't care what it is that brought you there. God sent you there. I've said this before, and some of you may relate. You know, in my past, I had a past of alcoholism and drug addiction. Was that God's will? Absolutely not. But if it had not been for my years of drug addiction and alcoholism, I would not be here today standing before you. And is it God's will for me to be here today? You are where God has you because God has sent you there. Stop resisting it. Stop questioning it. Stop asking to go somewhere else and be where you are because that's where God wants your roots to go. Be who you're called to be and do what God's called you to do because where you are is where God has sent you. Amen? Amen? The Spirit of God sends you. The second thing is the Spirit of God will do is the Spirit of God strengthens you. In, in verse 17, it says, As for these four youths, God gave them learning, skill, and all literature and wisdom. I, I just, you read that, it's like, man, these guys are in the University of Babylon. And they're the top of their class. I mean, they're, they're, their grade point average is just crushing it. These guys are the top. they look. They're living in this Bab- They're living in Babylon. Going to the University of Babylon. They're soaring to the top of their class. Yet they will not let Babylon get in them. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Church, God still works through visions and dreams. God still gives visions and still gives dreams. And God still begins to work in powerful ways. There are things that God does in the prophetic and giving visions and dreams. But let me just tell you, you know, there are a lot of people, and you can have visions and dreams, and and they can come from a lot of sources. Not all holy. But only God can give us the interpretations of those dreams and visions only god can give us what would be a godly interpretation of the visions and dreams that we can have there's a lot of people who try to or want to or you know but listen only god can bring truth out of those visions and dreams Only the Spirit of God can do that. And we believe in that. I believe in the supernatural. I believe that God still does supernatural things. I believe that God still speaks to His people. I believe that God still works miracles. I believe that God still does things that are far beyond any natural explanation. Our God is a supernatural God of miracles, and we believe in that. And we believe that God heals, that God moves, and God ministers in supernatural ways. I've seen it in my family. I've seen it in many of your families. I've seen it in our church family. I've seen it here as I've read through the life of Daniel. Amen. Yep. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the supernatural God that was ministering to Daniel is the same supernatural God that is ministering strength to you. Amen verse 18 says and at the end of time when the king had commanded that they should be brought in and again there's I told you that's that day of testing this this counterfeit judgment that we were standing before the king well we will all stand before the king one day yeah. king jesus They're here before the the king and the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. And the king spoke with them and among them none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I want you to realize they're being brought in before the king. This is some three years later. They still will only refer to themselves by their Hebrew names. They will not let their identity be taken. They will not let themselves be called by their Babylonian name. And they're just taking what God has made me, what God has called me to be. And that's what I will respond to. There's a message in that. Therefore, they stood before the king. And in every matter, every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them, he found them to be a little bit better. He found them to be twice as good. He, no, he found them to be ten times better. 10 times better. That is the Spirit of God. That is the Spirit of God doing a supernatural thing because if it was just a natural thing, they would have just been like, you know, a couple points higher in grade point average. These guys were 10 times what anybody else they were 10 times what all the other false gods they were 10 times more than all the other false musicians all of the other false prophets all the other false this and that's that were at work in this time the counterfeits listen there were philosophers that were there that they were 10 times better than them all Amen. god will strengthen his people to soar. We're afraid of though what, what a philosopher or a fortune teller or you know, what somebody might say in a negative way. When the Spirit of God has ordained you with strength. Well, I don't feel that strong. Maybe you're not stepping out in a place where you need it. They were 10 times better than all the magicians, the enchanters that were all in the kingdom. And what we see here is we see God, he is working in strength by the spirit of God in and through someone, these young men who were fully surrendered and fully devoted to God. These guys that had resolved And because of that resolve, here they are fully surrendered and fully devoted to God. And God is working and strengthening them. Let me tell you, that's the same thing that happened to Jesus. Jesus in Luke 2, it says Jesus grew. He grew in in wisdom and stature and favor with man and with God. This is all happening in these four guys. These young men. These were not like older men that had time to... These were young men. These guys right now, they're probably... These four guys are probably maybe in their early 20s. Maybe still teenagers. And here they are. These young men stood up and said, I will be fully devoted to my God. I will not give way to one way or the other. I will keep my path straight. These young men had resolve, And God is looking to endow men and women today with a resolve that says I can stand firm no matter what the enemy brings no matter what the culture tries to tell me these guys from the very earliest part of their lives they're excelling because of God's faithfulness to them it wasn't because of them it was because of God's faithfulness to them that they were excelling And church, I need you to know that if you are faithful, if you are fully surrendered, if you are completely devoted, if you will will have a resolve in your life, a decision that will not be changed because of what the world says or does, and you are completely resolved, completely surrendered, completely devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to know you are faithful to a God who is faithful. You are faithful to a God who is able and he will work through you and he will strengthen you and he will give you the courage in that strength to do what he sent you to do. Every one of you. Now, does that mean that God's going to take you around every hurdle? Does that mean you're going to now miss every valley in this lifetime? Does that mean that God's going to cause you to never have a pitfall? Never end up in a lion's den? Does that mean you may never end up in a fiery furnace? Does that mean that you'll never end up going through difficulties? No. What it means is that His his Spirit will empower you, that it will strengthen you to go through it. But church, this is where we lose so many people. People just get absolutely mad at God. Get mad at God because God didn't lift me out of the trouble. God didn't take me out of this. If he loved me, he'd take me out of this. So we turn away from God. God we walk away from God we're angry because God didn't do what we told him to do when we told him to do it and God didn't do what we thought he should do which was to take away all of this trouble and all these hardships that he should take all that away and what happens we get mad at God and we walk away from God and then never see the supernatural power of God that was there to walk you through it. Church we miss God and we miss his strength. Realize, Daniel never got out of Babylon. He never did. But Daniel never let Babylon get in him. He didn't. It was the Spirit of God was in him. And it was the Spirit of God that got him through every test, through every trial, through every trouble that he experienced in Babylon. And family, listen, church. You need the Spirit of God in you. You need the Holy Spirit. You need to have a fresh relationship with Him. You need that baptism of fire in your life. You need to see that relationship being made personal. You need the Spirit of God in you. You need to be in tune with what He's doing and how He's working. And you need to be following. You need to enter into an intimate relationship with God the Holy Spirit. And you need to surround yourself with spirit-filled friends. Sorry, but, you know, well, I need to be a witness. No, God's the one who saves. You don't save. We just need to do what God's called us to do. And sometimes, you know what? We need to, to put off some of the friends that are leading us back into Babylon and surround ourselves with some friends that are trying to do the same as we are do the best that we can to follow after God, to commit ourselves to Him and make it through, this, make it through Babylon on our journey home. Yes. That's the story of Daniel. So let me ask you, is the Spirit of God in you? Is the Holy Spirit living and dwelling in you? You'll know. I mean, how does God come to live inside you and you not know it? He snuck up on me. (laughs) Is the Holy Spirit strengthening you in your walk? Giving you an increased boldness? Is He convicting you in regards to sin and righteousness? Second question is this. Who have you invited to walk with you? To walk in this life with? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Amen. The third and the last point that I want to make about what God does or what God is doing or the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God sustains you. I was reading this story and realized at the very beginning that, wow, this is a story about some young men. These are some, like, teen boys. And, and these teen boys are being touched by a faithful God. In these young years, and I, you know, I've been in youth ministry and around teens enough to know that, you know, there's a lot of times that God touches a teenager's life and God does an amazing work in a teenager's life only to watch them go off and, and get inundated with Babylon. And so I'm looking at these guys going, man, you know what? This is just incredible. These guys, God is being so faithful to them. But the question rises up, but will God be faithful in the totality of their life? He answers this in the last verse of the chapter. And it says, and Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. I started doing a little research on that, and I found that oh, this, is just, this is crazy, especially where we are today. So if you look at Babylon and where Babylon was and the boundaries, Babylon is what is today modern-day Iraq. Persia, which King Cyrus was the king of Persia, Persia is just north of uh, Babylon, which is today Iran. Has anybody been watching the news? That whole area of the world is a hot mess. And and not, you know, just now, there are certain circumstances obviously right now that are really escalating things, but that whole world is just a mess. And, and you know, you, you look at it, and when you look at this place where you've got Babylon, you've got Israel, you've got Babylon, and you've got um, a Persia, which are all players in where he's talking about here, you, you know, you've got what is modern-day Iraq, and you've got modern-day Iran, and you've got Syria, and you've got Lebanon, and you've got Israel, and you've got, you know, the Gaza Strip. I mean, You could extend that to Afghanistan and all, but in this place, it's just a mess and it's war after war and rumor of war after rumor of war. The whole Middle East is just a mess and in the center of it all is Iran trying to pull the... Strings to get done what they want done because they want to take over all the different places in the Middle East or at least by proxy rule and run those other nations. Church, my point is that same spirit, different day. It's the same spirits that were at work in that time, the same spirits that were working in in Persia, and Babylon, and Israel, or, or, or Jerusalem, Judea, um, and the same spirits are at work now in all of this area, and church, you know, it would be nice to think, oh, there's going to be peace in this place, there's going to be, peace. you know, we pray for the peace of, of Jerusalem, and we are called to pray for that, but God calls us to continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, because there's always going to be unrest in this area of the world, in this region, because it's the same spirits that were at work in that day, are the same spirits that are at work now, and it's going going to be a geopolitical conflict until the day when Jesus Christ steps back onto this earth and he puts his foot down and he squashes the enemy and he cuts out every kingdom that would try to exalt itself against him and puts his kingdom in place, a kingdom that will never end, a kingdom that will last forever and ever and ever and Jesus Christ will sit on the throne and be the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And until then there will be conflict. Now I I just in looking at this. So King Cyrus becomes the king of Persia. If you look up when that happened, it happened exactly 69 years after Babylon took Israel, took Judah, and took overcame and became. So so 69 years later, you see this in the end. The the last and Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. Babylon was a global power. They were like the power of that day. They were like the place. They had the money. They had the weaponry. They had the army. They had the military. They had the influence. They had the culture, everything. They were the premier global empire. And Daniel outlasted them. Hey, Babylon was conquered. And Daniel, he's still standing. And I want you to know, that is the future destiny for every child of God. Every Listen, nations will come and nations will go. Empires will rise. Kings will come. Kingdoms will be formed. Cultures will be lifted up. Elections and rulers and presidents and regime, regimes will come and they will go. And they will come and they will go. And they will, and they will come and they will go. But the people of God, one day the children of God, we will be standing on earth, ruling and reigning in the kingdom of God with our King Jesus. No matter what happens in this world, God will cause his people to remain standing. It is his promise. And you... If you are a child of God, if you have received Jesus Christ as the Lord and the Savior of your life, you will outlive all nations. You will outlive all kingdoms. You will outlive all kings. You will outlive all cultures. You will outlive all regimes. You will outlive every demonic spirit and every demonic entity that wants to try to come against you and stop you. You will outlive the kingdom of Babylon because the Spirit of God sustains you. He sustains you. And, church, in this time in which we live, in this series, and I, I just, I can't, des- I can, I desperately want you to be able to see behind the curtain. I want you to see the things that the enemy is doing and trying to do and, and attempting to do that will come against us because you're going to need that in this coming year with everything that's happening in our world and every attack that's coming, you're going to need, you're going to need to know what's going on so you can be aware. Otherwise, you will have, you will lose hope. And I want you to be a people filled with hope. And you will lose courage. And I want you to be a people filled with courage. And you... You will lose clarity. You won't be able to see. You need to be a people of clarity this year. And in order for that to happen, you need to have Jesus Christ in your life. You need Jesus Christ this year and always. And you need to be filled and in close fellowship with the Holy Spirit. I want, to, um, I want to wrap this up with, with something that I saw as I was reading the scriptures just this past week, actually. And I, I'm reading through that, and, and, and it hit me. Bless you. It had hit me, but I, it didn't, like, hit me until I started to write some of this down. And, and it says in Daniel chapter 1, there's three different times, and you can look this up, but three different times that, that Daniel in the Scripture says that the Lord gave. The Lord gave. The Lord gave. Three times he says that. And as I'm looking at that, it's like, this is, so, this is interpretive clues to this prophetic book that God is giving to you and to me. Look at what it says, in verse 2 it says, the Lord gave them into Babylon. The Lord gave them into Babylon. Let me tell you, the Lord gave you into Utah. The Lord gave you into Tooele. The Lord gave you into Stansbury Park. The Lord gave you into Grantsville. The Lord gave you into Rush Valley. The Lord gave you into Stockton. Sorry. (laughs) I I used a different city last time. But it's the Lord that gave you. The Lord gave you. The Lord sent you where you are. And you are where the Lord sent you because that's where He wants you to be. And you are there, and you're not there by accident. And you're not there as a punishment. And you're not there to, to, you know repent, you're you're there because God sent you as a missionary and He needs you in that place to go into the darkness and to be the light. He needs you to go into that place and to be the salt, to be the preservation. He sent you into that place and He's called you there and He put you there and He didn't do it to punish you. He did it so that you would reach the people around you. Are we doing that? Verse 9, because again, that's what you're there for. Verse 9 says, God gave them favor. God gave them favor. Through these cruel Babylonians, God gave them favor. In the midst of his bondage, in the midst of what had possibly happened to him, even medically, (laughs) the the things that, that very well did go on, God gave them grace. Church, in that favor, there was grace. There was blessing. There was provision. You need to know, church. That God gives you favor. That God renewed His mercies for you this morning so that you could walk in those mercies all day long. God has poured out His grace for you so that you could walk in grace. He has poured out His power for you, His authority for you, His name for you. He has given you His word. He has given you everything you need to walk this out and then filled you with His Spirit. God Himself living and dwelling in you. God has given you grace. He has given you favor. He has given you blessing. He has given you provision. He has given you everything. And it's God who gives it. And then it says in verse 17, God gave them learnings, skill in all literature and wisdom. Reading that, you know what God gave them? God gave them the wisdom. He gave them the understanding that they needed to be able to walk through Babylon without letting Babylon get in them. And God has given you wisdom. And he has given you by his spirit, he's given you wisdom. He's given you understanding. And we need to realize that he gave that not for profit, not for, he gave that so that you could walk through Babylon without letting Babylon get in you. And he's blessed you with that. So God sent you where you are and he's given you everything that you need and he will guide you as you walk through this time with him. We put him first. Get in tune with what the Holy Spirit wants to say. Let him enlighten his word in your heart because these things we're taught, these are his promises to you. And our God is a promise keeper. And all of this sets the stage for where we are today. I, I think that this is a prophetic view of where we are today. You could apply it to any age, but this is where we are. And so we apply this to our age. And let me say, if you're here today, and please just listen, and I, am, I promise I am finishing up. That's a promise. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, and you've been born in Babylon, or you've been brainwashed in Babylon, when you read the stories of the Bible, you're the slave When you read the Bible, you're the one that's been taken captive. You're the hostage. You're the one that's been blinded, been blinded by the prince of this world. You're you're the one who doesn't know who the real victor is. You're the one who doesn't know which side you're really on. You're the one who was born, so to speak, born on the wrong side of the war. A war that, again, is not just... a war that's found in human history. It's a war that goes back to the very presence of God with angelic beings where the rebellion came and the great fall happened. Church, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. He is the only way. He is not a way. He is the only way. That's what the scripture tells us. And if, God is, and if that's not true, then he's a liar. And that means none of it's true. You need Jesus, and Jesus is the only way. And He came to rescue you in Babylon. He came to rescue you in your slavery. He came to rescue you. He came from outside. Listen, He was in light behind the curtain, and He came out into this dark world, and He came out into Babylon, and He came into the darkness as the light of the world, and He came as the light of the world to find you because you were lost in your darkness, and you couldn't know, you had no way to get out. You couldn't find your way, you didn't know where you were to go, and you were lost in your sin in bondage and jesus came from out of the curtain and he came into this world for you individually he came for you because he loved you and he came and he held out his hand and he said come follow me and i will show you the way what what way i'll show you the way through babylon back to the light back to the father back to, to eternal life i'll show you the way and he came from out of the curtain and he came to show you the way and church one day he will take you as a believer out of babylon He will take you out of this cursed world because Jesus Christ is the Savior. He is the only way. He is the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords who laid it all down to come and rescue you. And that is why we're here today. That's why we're here. Because God gave. God gave. God gave. And it sets the stage for the greatest gift that God ever gave. For God so loved the world Amen. Amen. The Lord. Don't get lost in the word world. Because when he came to save the world, you're the world he was talking about. Amen. You're the one.
1: Thank you, Lord.
0: He came for you. For God so loved you yes. that he sent his only son, his one, his only son. And he sent him into this world to be the penalty for sin because you could not pay the price. And he paid that price for you because of his deep and desperate love for you. And he died in your place. And he arose from the grave. And do you know where Jesus went? He went back through the curtain. And he sent the Holy Spirit to come guide us home. The greatest gift ever given was when God gave. He so loved the captives that he gave. He so loved you. He so loved me that he gave. And whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Church, every one of you, please hear me. Jesus Christ, God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit has an eternal destiny for you. And in the eternal God, He's extended. Just, you know what? That's God. And His hand is extended to you today so that He can show you through the darkness. The decision is yours as to whether you receive or whether you reject that hand. That's your decision, not mine, not your parents. It's your decision. Daniel is a picture of someone greater. He, he, Daniel is this shadow picture of the reality of Jesus Christ. Jesus is this greater Daniel as you look at this whole thing. And I, and I want you to see this. Church, Daniel today, Daniel is not being Daniel is not walking by faith. Daniel's walking by sight today. Come on, he's walking by sight. He is in heaven, and he's walking by sight. And he's looking around, and he's seeing all of the departed saints. He's seeing all the angelic beings. He's seeing all the worship in heaven. He's hearing the praises that are being lifted up to Jesus Christ, who sits on his throne in heaven. The God who of all, this great cloud of witnesses that are watching and looking down. Daniel's in this place where he sees and hears, and he's experiencing all that's there. The worship of heaven, this great and wonderful thing that he will experience forever and ever because of his faithfulness and God's faithfulness to him as he walked through Babylon listen do you want to join him there one day then Jesus says you must be born again you must be born again and Jesus is not just a way he is the way Jesus, the greater one. Jesus, the greatest one. Jesus, God. He is the only way. And my question then is, are you born again? Are you born again? Well, I mean, I think I am. Look, if you're born again, you know, that you know 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 that you are born again because the Spirit of God took up residency in me and He has been changing my life He's been transforming me He's been giving me purpose and reason for why I'm where I am He's been strengthening the ability to make decisions and choices that I never could before He's giving me the strength, He's giving me the sustaining power to walk after Him I know that I know that the Spirit of God is living in me But if not, then you probably think that all this stuff that I've been talking about is just a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. That's fine for them, but I don't get it. Listen, if you don't see the, the purpose for your life, the purpose for God in your life, the purpose for what you're doing... The real, reality that, that the Holy Spirit has sent you. If you're not experiencing the strength of God in your life to be transformed and changed, just wandering around, I, maybe I believe, but I'm just not being filled with that strength and power. There's no sustaining power in my life. I'm so glad you're here. Because the Bible says is the day of salvation. That today is the day of salvation. And Jesus Christ has His hand extended to each and every one of you and saying, come. Come to me. Do you need to be born again? If you do today, I'm going to ask you to do this. To join with the the, the numbers that filled the altar earlier I'm going to ask you to do that if you need to be born again will you just stand up right where you are right now But well, it's courageous come on I know there are more in this place I know that pride wants to get in our way I know there are more of you here Matthew 7 makes that very clear. I'm going to give you a moment to respond to him. Sisters, would you do us the honor? Would you please come up and let us pray with you? I would so love to do that. And and, and while they come, for the rest of us, I I put these down because I wanted us to be able to do that. Can the rest of us, can we just thank Jesus Christ for being our king? Can we just thank Jesus Christ for coming into Babylon? Can we just thank Jesus Christ for being filled with the Holy Spirit? Can we just thank Him for sending the Spirit to fill us? Can we just thank Jesus Christ for dying on the cross? Can we just thank Him for rising from the grave? Can we just thank Him for the hope that He gives us, the hope of glory, the hope of eternal life? Because church, He's coming again. He's coming again and He's going to judge the church and He is going to call us into eternal life. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let me have some of my prayer partners come and just come wrap your arms around. Come on, man. The enemy has a plan, but God, he will do what God and only God can do. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's just pray, Lord. Lord God, come in this place. Move in the hearts of those in need. Come and do as only you can, Lord God. We give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. God, have your way in this place tonight. Ladies, just ask the Lord, God, come into my life. I need you. It's not a, a pattern of prayer. It is just a calling out to Jesus. Come into my life. Come be my God. Come be my Savior. I need you, Jesus. I want you in my life, and I ask you to come and to be my God. Come move, O God, in this time. Move in the hearts of men and women in this place. And if there's others in this place, Lord God, let their hearts be open to you. Let each and every heart be open to you. And I pray, Lord, for a pouring out that you, Lord God, in these wonderful ladies, God, would fill them with your Spirit. Pour out your heart. Pour out your life. Pour out your liberty. Pour out, Lord God, in all that you have, in all that you're doing. Lord, let your grace and glory be seen. Oh, God, we love you. And we praise you today. And we thank you, Lord God. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Come on, give him thanks this morning. Give him thanks. The angels in heaven rejoice. We should be rejoicing with those angels. Come on, sing it out. Give him praise. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I come,
1: I confess, bowing here, I find my rest without you.
0: Church, I pray that God has moved on your heart, and I want you to go tell somebody what he's doing. Go share with somebody what God is doing in you. Go out and share the light. Go be the church. Amen? Amen. God, bless you. Don't forget. Find a life group. Get plugged in. Be part of the family. Go be blessed in Jesus' name. I love you. Have a great day.